our author, Daniel Matt, PhD in Kabbalah, spoke of the wonder that's involved in the natural order. And one of the points that he made was that it is often said that science demystifies <coughs> nature. That science is that which removes any kind of wonder from the natural order. And yet he's saying that might have all been true throughout the last thousand years of the development of science. However, what we're finding out now that scientists themselves are awed by the elegance and harmony of nature. And to show that point, we had last week, those who were here, spoke about a report on the most violent event in the universe. What was the most what is the most violent event of the universe? Thousands of times more energetic than ordinary exploding stars. The visible light is bright as a millionth galaxies. A galaxy has approximately a hundred billion stars in it. A galaxy is a hundred billion stars. And this event has the light power of more than a million galaxies. It's an absurd statement. One which is barely comprehensible. What is it we're talking about? Gamma rays. Gamma rays burst are the most violent events in the universe, and radiation from one of these events reaches the vicinity of Earth's greater than one a day. Extraordinary. Nobody's quite sure exactly what the gamma ray is or what causes it. For most of the phenomenon, quasars, supernovas, or black holes, maybe we have some notion of what they are. Dr. Carl Alpert of the University of Michigan, as physicist, author of one of the views in Nature. Uh, Nature's name of the scientific magazine, one of the most prestigious. He wrote an article as to what gamma is. It says, quote, the gamma ray burst is the most mysterious thing, that which we still have so little information. And he describes over here, Dr. Michael Anderson of the Nordic Optical Telescope and Carry Arms reported, the analysis of the visible light showed that source had a redshift, which shows the distance of how far it is and a spectrometer, of at least 1.6 to equivalent to a distance of some 9 billion light years, or two-thirds of the way across the universe. This last gamma ray is two-thirds of 9 billion light years away. It's 9 billion times 6 trillion miles. 9 billion times 6 64 trillion <laughs> if you travel the speed of light, it will take you about 54 trillion years, is what I'm saying. Right, yeah. The Concord doesn't get to that quick anyway. Right. The farther away concept object, the greater light it shifts toward the red end of the spectrum. We were stunned, said Dr. George Trotsky. This is the Caltech. <coughs> Caltech is, of course, one of the most prominent places where all access is being done. It's much further we expected. Among this and also that, luminous must be a result of an explosion of unimaginable power. Other Catholic astronomers said the event of Jasmine was ten times more luminous than the brightest gamma ray burst ever seen so far. Which is it's absurd to even talk this way. This seemed to confirm earlier descriptions of the burst as the biggest explosion ever seen, taking on to the Big Bang at the theorized birth of the universe. So can we say that it's just an updated version of Yechazkel? Of Maaseh Benishit, first of all, uh-huh. I would say. And what Yechazkel saw, if he described it in, in modern times today, what do you think? What do you mean? How he's describing the heavens the way Yechazkel did. Okay. You know? And okay. We, we just, they're just using terminology. Okay, good. We want to come to that point <coughs> in a few minutes. That's really a good point. I just want to say one thing. When are we going to connect all this to God? 
God. Because we're, 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 we're looking how great, how awesome, how mm-hmm. big, how flash. Okay, good. Good. Uh, that's the point. That's the end of the book. Yeah, so we've got to get to, to God. Okay, right. So that, that, of course, takes somewhat of a distance of travel. The gamma ray is 9 billion light years away. right here. God is first. As well as being right here. Yeah. So we may want to approach it either Dera Kisarashi Aruka or Arukashi Kisara. So we want to go in either direction. The point of this book is discovering the harmony between science and spirituality. Not in Eli's simplistic fashion of saying that, as you mentioned last week, you were, so you were very concerned about this, that he just thought we going to say, oh, you see, science proves religion as close to home. He's much too sophisticated for that. And so you'll see in a, in a few minutes. So this point over here is that he didn't... Yeah, 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 why limited? Because why he, didn't, he didn't have the instruments for his vocal. Sure, he did. He had side guy to smile. Let's go to the set for it. That was your last point, right? That you can't use. I've already been measured out. No, I confirm what you said. I confirm what you said. I mean, the contract. This is. Of using the instruments of science, but that, okay. so to see, to see, you know, actually physically to get a glimpse of what, what might be. But I think you missing Joe's point. I don't want to shoot Joe's point because that comes down the road. But we don't know what he actually saw. Mm-hmm. We have a record of what he thinks he saw. Could be the case that he saw something, whatever it was, that he interpreted through the terminology through the metaphors of his immediate experience. Ultimately, we're going to see whether we want to tackle this together. Let's go down the road and see how far we can travel together. That is, what we said of the event that the energy would correspond to 10,000 times the energy emitted by our sun over its entire lifetime so far. It's 4 billion years of a lifetime of the sun. The sun is 4.5 billion years old. And 10,000 times that 4 billion expression of energy so that, that gamma ray did. It's about 5 billion years old. The verse lasts only a few seconds. It's uh, unimaginable what this is all about. So the terms that he just wrote are stunned, overawed, amazed. And to think we have an electricity shortage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sense of humor. Right, right. <laughs> no problem with that, right. The next couple of billion years again, you know. This explosion happened billions of years ago, remember, what he's saying over But okay. So, this, as well as a number of the points that we're going to discuss, that we've discussed in the past classes, is going to really point to It's going to point to how glorious this whole entire enterprise really is. And we're going to see a little bit more of this as we go a little bit further down the road. Wonder is not the main or only province of science. He said over here that science now is coming to that point of wonder. The next step that we had done last week was to bring uh, Abraham Abraham Heschel's book, Man Not Alone, written in 1951. And that particular book, he talks about wonder. The root of wisdom is wonder. The root of knowledge is to say that I don't know and I'm amazed at all that is. Knowledge cannot begin in arrogance. Rather, knowledge begins in the humility of awareness that, wow, look what is all out there that I really have no clue about. Then you can begin to understand. Now, I made the point that Heschel wrote this book 
after a finished career as an academician, as a superstar scholar. In my field, when you're a superstar scholar, you need to do very painstaking work, knowing, of course, complete mastery of the primary language, which is Arabic, which is Greek, which is Latin, which is Aramaic, of course Hebrew, and then and German and French. That's you have to be, and you do all the kind of work, study anything in medieval philosophy, you know all that primary language, and then you do the primary work in painstaking work. It's absurd to read his articles, the footnotes in the original Arabic and Latin, the Greek, all that he asked. He wrote a biography in 1935 of the Rambam. All that was pure scholarship in the most dry academic fashion you can imagine. Comes to this shores over here. He's from a Hasidic skin, he's a Hasidic from Hasidic Rebbe's, his family's all Rebbe's, is well trained, and sees the tension between the academic world, the religious world, comes to these shores, can't get a job at university, which is a natural for him, they didn't use him, nobody knows exactly why. He ends up in HUC, which is a reform institution in Cincinnati, lived two years, discussed whatever it was, comes over here and ends up in JTS. He's an Orthodox man, he was a frequent guest of Emily's grandfather, a relative of his, Mayanna Rebbe, and wrote extraordinary works. I believe a person is not Jewish to if we read some of his works. We've got 10 or 15 works, Man is Not Alone, God is Such a Man, Man's uh, God in Quest of Man, 10 other works, beautiful works, fantastic works. I have the source of actually. Which one? Sure, you can. Uh, my, shopping, my daughter goes to Columbia. She was shopping in the uh, grocery store. There's an old lady who was about 80. Asked the young lady, could you please help me carry some groceries? She said, oh, of course, my daughter's that kind of kid. Just, you know, carries it. She says, she says to, uh, I see you're reading a book by Avram Heschel. She's reading um, God in Search of Man. She says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sarah says, well, he's my relative. He's my relative. He's my, my grandfather was a rabbi. That, well, he's my, he was my husband. This is Heschel's wife. Yeah, Who's there? I'm sorry? It's a good story. It's a very nice story. And she, there was a, this kind of basking in the warmth of the moment. And there was two wows. What do you say at that point? This is, he was my husband. He was like, an amazing personality. I don't think he ever really found his niche, neither in the academic world or in the broader world. There was a should have been at Wadi, wasn't at Wadi. Found a home at JTS, where was professor of mysticism of Hasiduk Lord, and he left the academic world, left it all intellectually, I mean. And 51 and on, he decided that's not what American Jewry needs. And he wrote these, what you call popular works, not academic works, the popular works trying to prove religion. Well, what, was he a Kabbalist? If he was a professor of... This is, yeah, of course, absolutely. Because I don't see any type of uh, Kabbalistic stuff. He is? Yeah. Well, this is not, this is a standing man. Oh, no, well, what we, you know, what we... Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, because the American public wasn't ready for that. But he won. His main point was to prove the viability of faith. 51, from 51, let's say, or the late 40s, even early, in the 20s, to the 60s, even the 70s, the reign of science, science as that which was the beginning and end of all knowledge, was so powerful. Before the latest, which I say about 20, 30 years, phase of finding meaning outside of science. In those days, science was everything. And he's fighting against that trend, trying to say one can find meaning in religion. In those days, religion was, was not ethical, wasn't a viable option. Interesting is that in the mid-50s, you must have heard of one of the most famous selling books by Norman Vincent Peale, 55 to 60 year old, where his point about religion 
was not only true and not true. So millions of copies. It was religion is that which gives you harmony, peace, tranquility. Even up a couple of years ago, still being reprinted. We can't say twenty years ago, but still being reprinted. And the end of the book is gay, so they still read the book. The power of positive thinking might be. Isn't that religion? And religion is this nice, so that's what we're selling religion on. That gives you Miluchatanefish, Shalvat Haolan. It's nice, harmony. That's why you should have be religious. Both are trying to make religion as something that's in the front burner, then it was in the back burner. You fought, you fought, you fought. In order to get people to be considered religion. So that's your right about man is not alone. Don't think, we discussed this last week, don't think that with all the scientism of the world that you are going to still no longer need religion. And part of the book is wonder. Ironically, 50 years ago, Heschel talked about wonder as the root of knowledge, which is now scientists realizing as well. Going beyond the known to the unknown is how one actually functions. by the scientific process, the Rambam would say. Masim the is understood by the prophetic process. The science is only limited goes up to this point. That which prophecy can tell you goes beyond the known limits. Aristotle reigns supremely on the sublunar level, from the moon, which is the lowest emanation, down below. Above that is Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu. And yet, what does one have to realize? To get to metaphysics, you have to go through physics. You must first master the physical realm. You first have to master the physical realm, understanding the scientific ins and outs of what goes on. Only then, through the creation, can you come to a knowledge of God. Who gets into the palace of God? Part 3, chapter 51 of Renan Bokhim is he who goes beyond the scientific. Not even the halakhas, from the last point of view. You understand the philosophy of religion, the philosophy of Halakha. Beyond doing the halakha, it's the philosophy of halakha. Why are you doing what you're doing? From beyond the simple doing that one does when one is a halakha Jew. That's the wrong response. Which something that should be studied. Let's go a little bit further over here. What we're going to try to do is to bring together these two realms. I only have five, so please share. Now, to the bottom. 
God as oneness is a recurring theme from this theme in this book. Part two, God's life in the cosmos explores the tension between this view and of this view of God, as the Kabbalistic view of God, as oneness, God as all, and traditional personal God. What he's saying over here is the imminent view of God and the transcendent view of God. And remember that I discussed last week Heschel's formulation of this. Heschel was an extraordinary thinker in that he had a way of formulating his thoughts that are so memorable, so extraordinary. Again, I want you to read his books. His book on prayer is, which is um, Man's Quest for God, is so profound, it's so wonderful, the way it forms it's inspiring to read. It's an amazing book to read. Something I want you to read. Payback, 695, no problem. That I will guarantee this book will open up your eyes. It's the way he formulates his words. He's a poet at heart, very sensitive soul. And the way he formulates this notion says, God is imminent in his transcendence and transcendent in his imminence. Which of course makes no rational sense. One is either transcendent or imminent. You can't be both imminent at the same time. He makes it even more so. He's God is imminent in his transcendence and transcendent in his imminence. It's a serum. It's an narrow day. It's impossible to be that way. That's precisely the point. When you're dealing with God, you're not functioning with the same normative logic. And if you want to get beyond, you have to go beyond. Of the Western world, of Aristotle. Aristotle taught, which all of our logic is based upon, what's known as physical identity. X is equal to self, X. Rabbi Salvechi is a footnote on only man of faith, where he denies that principle of logic and will say that we've always held as a people, especially in Kabbalah, that X can both be and not be at the same time. That's right! Don't say that! Exactly. That's correct. That's an amazing point. The wave. You get it now? Yeah. I remember when you saw that. Which is amazing. That's an amazing point about that. You know, I didn't say that. That's confirming. I didn't say that. That's you said it, right? So I didn't say that. I'm not trying to confirm the Okay, so we say over here, now, imminence and transcendence. One views God often as Kadosh, 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 which is the most profound biblical expression of God. He is utterly transcendent, said in the threefold manner, because the Bible wants to say something in the superlative to repeat it. Said it says the Dorf in the comparative, intent to pursue justice. This phrase, threefold repeated, is the only phrase regarding God that is repeated in this threefold manner. How do you translate it? Intensely, Kadosh means distant, separate. Kadosh means, refreshing, that which is separate or distant, distant. God is the ultimate, absolute, separate, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. It's not geographic, it's not spatial. It's spiritual, what that means. Yet, the very next line is why the Shemesh Ayahu Kedek Vav, Yet, despite that statement, Melodas God is imminent. Everything is God. That's what we said over here. The tension that exists between the view of God and the official view of God. 
I didn't learn between the concept of personal manifestation and the notion of self. According to the Kabbalah, the world will exist and we have fundamental individual conscious only because the infinite God has withdrawn itself from a single point of infinity. I'll say that again. According to the Kabbalah, the world exists. God is all. Was always all. And we have individual consciousness only because the infinite God has withdrawn itself from a single point of infinity. Consumed in the Kabbalistic terminology. Self-contraction. Because the question the Kabbalah is dealing with is how can the infinite coexist with the finite but the infinite definition is all. God is allness. So therefore, how could we exist? The Midrash formulates the same principle by saying that the world, God is not in the world, rather the world is in God. Not but meaning that the world is in God, not the opposite, which we usually think of, which is what? That God is someplace in the world or in the universe. God is not in the universe, the universe is in God. What does that mean? Kabbalah allows us to think this way without fully explaining ourselves. God has withdrawn itself from a single point of its infinity, thereby making room for a finite being. We exist to the extent that we lose oneness of God. So how, how could it be oneness and existence? How could they explain it? We can't explain it. We don't have time to explain it. Mm-hmm. We can't ever hope to explain what all this is about. Back to the striver. If you want to go to the depths of exploration, then your answer to your question is you have to become one with the all. <coughs> and in becoming one with the all, you have that lightning bolt of awareness that the Bible talks about, and then you understand it without being able to describe it either. An interesting statement, St. Augustine talks about the concept of time. How do you describe what time is? I can never describe the present because sooner I describe it, it's past already. You can describe it, the future and the past. There's no present. What is time? Passage of what? How do you explain time? I would say successive, uh, I'd say successive moments of now. Moments and now are terms of time. Mm-hmm. You explain time in terms of itself, which doesn't tell any tickets in time. Yet it doesn't tell anything else. Which is, but you intuit time passing. So if there was this, you have a whole section on this, in the city of God, for 12, 11 and 12, where it talks about, I intuitively know what time is, but I can't describe it. As the Kubalim, as the mystics, they will experience the answer to your question without really being able to formulate it or explain it or express it. That's the mystical vision. Into become one with the all. That's what we're trying to say. There's another case where the Bible science converged with the religion. Like Einstein. He said there is no time. There's no time. You develop another dimension. That is, you can't think of time separately. Always related to space time. So, that is like the Eastern world. There is no time. What does that mean? What is the time? No, time is not objective, subjective. Both no, time, motion. No, there is no time that's not connected to a spatial quality. Well, what does that mean? Which means that. With the Big Bang came the birth of time. You cannot talk about time in and of itself. But only in terms of space. Of a physical body, of motion. Right. The, the Greek philosophers often always talk about time as a function of motion. Do you think that comes with the Greek subject? 
Yeah. 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 Let me go on for a second. It's hard to explain in simple terms, but the way you perceive things is moving in time. Not really, time doesn't really exist in and of itself. It's always your perception of it. of space, space and time. But not your perception of it. It's not, it's a, no, your perception. perception of it changes it. <laughs> so then you, then you can ask, how does God relate to time? I mean, how can you be angry if they sin? Is that a cause effect? If he's above time, and it's already, you know, they, they say before, he says he, he, the, 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 the thought came after the action or something, that he does things, so how does all this relate to anything? How does God relate to us via time? In other words, that we didn't sin yesterday before. I mean, if you know, it's it just... It's beyond. Yeah, it's beyond. Right. Yeah. Let's go further and we'll see if it all comes together. The existence and the weakness one is through a process the catalyst called Shabbat the breaking of the vessels, which means, we discussed a number of weeks ago how the Kabbalah used creation. God contracts. The essence of God now is going to be focused in the vacuum, a hole, a seed, a spot. We have read the first chapter of the Zohar and those who were here. And then God's going to focus all of the emanation of his being into vessels, and the vessels break not being able to contain infinite time, shattering all of the sparks of divinity throughout the world. Is the way the blood is. Do you remember that fascinating technique from uh, was it the bird which oh, okay. that he says that he overestimated the power of the reality to embrace it and to accept it. Mm-hmm. And hence the dead vessel broke. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. How does this tie in? So that he's explaining why the vessel vessel broke. It ties in very well. So that killing happened for that reason. He overestimated we just have to say anyway, but maybe he overestimated the merit of his uh, of, of the reality that yeah. he created. It's difficult. Okay, difficult. But it's all you're not close to you're not close to don't try. The metaphor. The metaphor. The class is after this. Right. 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 Right? They want all the four major forces of nature to be equal to one equation. They're trying to find, they're searching for oneness. Kabbalah is also all about oneness. But it's always, it's, it's again, the scheme of creation. Affirmation by negation. All the time. Break it, bring it back up. Break it, bring it back up. Okay. It's right. always just done that way. Because the that which is broken and fixed is of a greater quality, a greater value than that which is originally only Why is that? Because it creates itself then. Because you're doing the creation. It's to your advantage, to your benefit, it's to your, to your praise that you're able to 
bring it back together. Is what he's saying. So that's the thing. Is that there's a mess in the world, and you want to unify the Shekinah. The Shem Yehud Kuchah Bihud Adeh. For the purposes of purifying divine presence. Shekinah. I think we spoke also a little bit about how the Shekinah is distinct from the God itself, from God itself. Sounds like a triad to me. That's not the Yehud Kuchah Bihud Right. How do we, we all, all result of kinds of dust? 
Later on in one of these articles over here we'll see how it all comes, we're all interconnected. There is a oneness. Because once it all begins, once it all begins, you have the Big Bang, you have the, you have the protons, electrons, neutrons, neutrinos, all that swirling around. Then it cools down, see it inside a second, then it all starts to form clusters. Clusters of stars, galaxies. Then all of a sudden it all happens like 100, you know, 10 or 12 billion years later, whatever it may be, in Earth. As one planet which is now around, spinning around in the solar system. By gravitational force. It's all there, all tied together gravitational force. Now what happens more? Eventually all things are made of these hydrogen atoms which form together to make different heavier atoms. Zinc, magnesium, gold. And eventually what comes about? Carbon, amino acids, human beings. Eventually. So it all comes from the same. Everything really is, in effect, in a sense, oneness and allness. Everything together. There is a... Anthropic. No. The anthropic view is just saying how amazingly that, that it all came to be. Not that it all one of itself. This is a different point. Right? How amazing is it that it all came to be? Not that we're all from the same islands. The fact that we are is amazing. It's a hundred billion to one, let's say, or, or ten trillion to one that we are from here. Right. And it seems that it had all been directly planned that way. That's the anthropic view. It could, it could have been any other way because that's the way it is. You get into that. Are you questioning the anthropic view? Tell me what it is. No, that's what it is. No, the anthropic view. What it is is a conundrum. Conundrum. Which means that. Sorry. No? No, it's that's how you practice same sex. Mind over the other. But no, we are. Isn't it amazing what we are? We are because we are. No, it's not saying. No, it's what it's saying. It's no accident that we are what we are because you know it only comes back this way. No, it could have come up many other ways, and then. And it should have come up. And it should have come. How many times should that come up? Hundred billion to one. They have the influence. No, principle. I don't know if it's your... Okay. This time is going... Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I have another class uh, tonight. So I have to get the key. We are striving to get it cool. Right. That's the purpose of this? Yes. And how do you get this? To cling to God. How do you get this? Okay. Yeah, I would, I would make the point very simply that to me, this brings me one step closer to the Vikul. There are many paths to the Vikul. But, and everybody has their own path that they have to ask that very pointed question. There are many paths to it. What you're saying, Ramchal, let's say, which gives you a certain view, vision of the Likud, I believe, and I've seen that with you. We said that years ago. But so too this also, that's the beauty of it, the extraordinary statement, nature of it, that one could read all of this, whatever this is, and then sit back, reflect, and say, wow, Maribumasek Hashem, this is practically the Likud as well. So I think that's cool. Let's go a few steps further. Now it's going to go, we want to now try to get on this path of the Likut. Okay. And this is going to be a little bit of a discussion about the Big Bang. Because the Big Bang is the Ma'aseh Bereshit. The Big Bang is going to be that which 
we see Bereshit has perhaps in common with science. That is something that we studied two or three or four years ago. And it's a fascinating issue that the explosion of light followed by darkness. Followed by darkness ultimately coming back to this world, to this earth, right? Now let's look at the third paragraph down. Right? This is going to question that, by the way. This whole entire article questions the Big Bang. Then there are questions. Now, the answer to that is, yeah, you're right, there are questions. No one is ever all right yet. But the Big Bang is the one theory that seems to explain most of what we're observing now. Yet there are definitely problems. One of the major problems is that you can't have the Big Bang exploding with having the same uh, heat, same temperature throughout uniformly, which it does. It makes sense. Because if it goes slow, there had to be some part of it which did not have the same temperature beyond where it exploded into. Whatever that means. The answer to that was inflation. Alan Bruce said, it slowed like this, slowed like that, which we'll see in a second. Two points. When in 1917 Einstein published his first estimates of the size of the universe, telescopes could not penetrate the heavens beyond the Milky Way. As they still endeavored to measure the depth of the sea from the shore, astronomers lacked the means to probe the heavens further or to probe them in detail. All change, they just the night stars, special telescopes hissing and clipping as they rotate to survey distant galaxies. Somewhere in space, the real-line Hubble telescope peered into the unpolluted depth. Physicists had pictures of the back of the beyond, and they appeared to have overheard the cosmic tackle that accompanied the very crack of time. That's in the 1950s, Arnold Pendius and Ben Wilson. As nothingness gave way to light. What does that remind you of? Ben Yosef. Ben Yosef. Right? Ben the cosmologists have come to their own, handle the universe with an easy familiarity, but in book after book in which they explain in super detail how the great things were done. Okay. The next point over here is to figure out the origin. We all have a nice and important need for our origin. Correct? We all want to know. We all want to know. How do we somehow make sense of all that there is? Yeah, no. <laughs> Problem here. I'm missing one. Yeah. Okay? Okay. To the origin, right? Now we go all the way down to the three paragraphs down. Right? Okay. The universe cosmologists now affirm came into existence as the expression of an explosion. The cosmos shaking itself into existence from the bank of initial singularity. There was no explosion. There was no big bang, as we had discussed. It tended to think of the event in humanly comprehensible terms, a gigantic explosion or stupendous eruption. As if popcorn in hand, we were watching the show from afar. Sir, the big bang was not an event taking place at a time or in place. Rather, this is what I was saying before, space and time were themselves created by the Big Bang. The measure along with the measure. What does that mean? Absolute nothingness. Ayin. In Hebrew, the Kabbalah talks about Ayin. Ayin means nothingness. God is referred to the Kabbalah as 
nothingness. Nothingness. Absolute non-existence. Because God is all existence. That's the same point over here. Skip. Now we go to the cosmic archaeologist. The next point. Looking at a few shards of pottery and the desert floor, the archaeologist capable of conjuring up. Oh, wait, I have to stop you. No, I didn't want you to do that. Well, it's a, it's a point that you're saying that it just came from nothing. Was that God's will being expressed, the Big Bang? He wouldn't say that. It's not his domain. Bereshit would say that. That's precisely the insight of Bereshit. That all of this is divinely guided. He wouldn't say that. What, what does it appear to He doesn't say? explain where he that... He can't. <coughs> where that big bang... That's correct. How's Good that question. You can ask him that question. Say, I don't know. As Stephen Hawking says in his famous video, what do you call it? Light is away. I mean, spiritually, mentally. Hawking said that what happened prior to the trillion of a... I can tell you what happened a trillion of a second after Big Bang. Prior to that, quote was... Still says only God knows. I don't know if tell me she or not, but if you look at pottery in the desert, archaeologists capable of turning up the hanging gods of the past, smell of the mirror, honey in the air, all this, he is an act of intellectual epic construction, one made point by the facts of position from which the artifacts spring lies well beyond the reach of anything, imagination. Cosmology on the grand scale is not for archaeology. It's not symmetry. The history of the cosmos reveals itself in layers. The world and the artifacts make sense against the assumption of a continuous human culture. You're in something else, an old, eerie place with no continuous culture available to enable us to make sense of what we see. It is the hypothesis of the universe is expanding that has given cosmos a unique degree of confidence as they climb down the cliffs of time. You know what's is the universe with a clear path into the past. Really. Things are now far apart, they must at one point have been close together. Things are close together, they must at one point have been higher than they are now. Cosmic space acting to compress its situations like a vibe and to increase their energy. The retreat into the past ends at initial singularity, a state in which material particles are no distance from each other. Temperature, density, and curvature of the universe are infinite. Cosmic objects may now be observed, thanks to this, going back up the cliffs of time he so recently descended. During the first we ten... Descending material particles are at no distance from each other. Now right. that is a sifting out. Correct. Is it not? That's it. It all becomes, that's it. That's the singularity. That's the best pattern. That's like Rabbi Hillel says that uh, the world was always here. That actually is eternal. In what meaning? That well, is eternal. I mean, of the... Yeah, I, I remember reading that. Yeah. He says right. the world is eternal. So that's what this guy is really saying. Because how could there be uh, you know, material objects with no distance from each other? If it, you know, makes no sense. So, so, yeah. And this is, uh, is this a science man talking, right? Yeah. He's trying to describe the moment of the Big Bang. Right. That makes no sense. Wait one second. Look at the text description. The cosmic objects may now be observed by the time truly During the first 10 to the minus It, it makes sense. It makes sense with divine intervention. That's for sure it makes sense. But how do you have infinite matter, material items that are so completely dense and packed together that the material, that which is material cannot be infinite? Look what he said. In the first 10 to the minus 43 seconds after the Big Bang, that's a fraction, 1 over a 10 followed by 42 zeros. 
right? That's more than a trillion is only nine zeros, right? So that's about four times a trillion, whatever that is. Both matter and radiation fill the void. A rain of fluid interchanging obtains with particles of matter and antimatter changing the densities. This is this is one hundred of a trillion of a second after the Big Bang. Everything is a soup. It's a soup mix. Man and radiation. There's no identifiable items. Particles of matter and antimatter exchanging identities. This is full of all in one wants to see this this way. You have the Big Bang. The first trillions, hundreds of a second, you have Toba Bohu. And Horshech. How do I have Horshech over here? This is all darkness. Light cannot escape, as you see in a second. A rain of fluid is the change obtained with particles of matter as the primitive goo of the cosmos with the experience of the called the Yellen, primordial stuff, continues to expand, continues to cool. Between us, photons, electrons, positrons, neutrons, and protons agitate throughout space, potentially dropping the neutrinos to cap and parts of And at roughly one and a half seconds, when we talk about the first hundred trillions of a second, it's this state of existence. Now, the big, huge amount of time of one and a half seconds after the Big Bang, protons lose the ability to exchange densities. Now they're becoming themselves. Neutrons, now what happens then? Protons and freeze itself at up to six. Three and a half seconds later, the equilibrium to electrons and protons collapses. The positrons, the neutrons, into the void. Right? Three minutes pass. The era of nucleosynthesis begins thereafter. Neutrons that during the freeze out found themselves bound to the world's vacancy. Protons have to come with density of form of helium. Oh, now three and a half minutes passed, now we have helium. Allowance wait patiently for the stuff to be born. Continuous. Helium is to expand, pulse, glow, throb, and moan 400,000 years more, passing insensibly from a place where radiation predominates to a day where matter is taking charge. Remember that at that original moment of the day, all the matter of the universe was all tightly compact into that little tiny speck. The 4,000 degrees Kelvin. Greater combinations at hand, first kinds of creativity recorded in the walls of time. Electrons, photons form hydrogen. Interaction between humanity and radiation changes dramatically. Two kinds of photons on themselves trapped in the cosmic chemical machine, ricocheting from one to another. The consciously opaque, dark. What does opaque mean in English? Dark. Consciously dense. There was no light in the first three seconds, three minutes. Can't see it. Dark. Okay, he means dark. Dark. Horseshit, darkness, which is... Okay, good. What kind of darkness is a beta sheet? What kind of darkness is a beta sheet? What does horseshit mean? Darkness is either the absence of light, or it could be physically fit that you cannot see through it. You're confirming what I'm saying. The way that the rabbis explain the horseshit at the tenth play, we are Mesh HaKhoshe. It was physical. The darkness at the ninth place was physical. How could it be physical in the ninth place? The answer that something wanted to say is that it was so intensely thick that it wasn't just the absence of light. It was opaque. It was darkness. It was physical darkness that you could touch. That's what it was over here. Same thing. Hold it down So the darkness of Bereshit means what he's saying over here. Now wait one second. And so the person light now the first time. We are in the order. God says it should be light. She from one side of Christ to the other. The, I mean, this is not a, a this is not a godly inspired person here at all. 
the early universal welcome to lack of body radiation continuing years later Princeton right because it's kind of background radiation CBR version of light and matter flows with gases to form gravity bonding the drifting dust into space and last universe fills with matter star signs in the sky the far-flung suns radiating energy the gases spreading themselves throughout the heavens hundred billion of them you know what it sounds like Murphy? it sounds like everything was spiritual and then, and then okay. the Big Bang could have been the original sin or no no sin why sin who did it sin um, because I think anytime you despiritualize anything to make it gush to you there's such explosions and because <laughs> they really can't exist with each other like giant hands or something and that's why this this new reality had such a tough time becoming to itself right yeah. interesting okay I hear that all of it to me sounds like it's a good yeah. yeah. everything was rough mute everything okay. was spiritual putting in Kabbalistic terms this stuff just went haywire but good so the you Kabbalah came into being. So that then he put a little light in there not the real light of, of you know <coughs> he put up it so it could function you know until we reach like you say to go back we reconnect yes so all of ours I think all of this is the descent for the ultimate to go back up go back up again okay hold on I like it. Okay. Let's have a view of this. Yeah, please. So you're trying to. Um, yeah. Uh, are you trying to show. You said. You said I get mean. I get mean. We're in the middle of reading and it's a Torah Right. So you're trying to connect here with. Only remotely. I'm not endeavoring. I think you're doing it and then when I try to say that you're doing it, then you say you're not doing it. Because what I want to. I am A and non-A at the same time. But as I said, he's trying to show parallels, or you're not trying to show parallels. No, I can do both. He can't help us. I can have moments of context. <laughs> yes, thank you. I don't buy that. No, why Are not? Are you trying to show parallels? Is yes and no? Exactly that. For him, there's a parallel. The question is, Yeah, I could you, see, I could see. a parallel for you? This is, yeah, this I like that. This is my first that. question. I'm getting to another question. I just want to see, usually I attack this point. They say, I'm not doing it. So you may. You may. First, I want to say, if you're doing it, now I'll, I'll go to my question. So, my first <laughs> one establish: Are you trying to show parallels between Tovavol, Big Bang, and Bereshit? It's a very good question, and the answer is yes and no, seriously and literally. Because the way that I think, this goes back to a personality. I think Charles right. The way that I think is I'm willing to find interest and wonder and contact points, as I put it, and I will I will glory in that, but I won't assert it as dogma. I'm not here, I don't have an axe to grind, I don't want to try to prove religion, I don't have to do that any longer, <laughs> that was a past stage of mine. So I, I can say, wow, I want to say, wow, I want to say, say, this is incredible, this is wonderful, it's great. Now, if you want to push me against, I would say, well, this looks the same, but I'm not vested in that asserting that it's the same. I don't have to assert it's the same. So I'm saying it's interesting to do this, personally, and if you buy a, a, I'm a caterer, so if, if you but want to have a pack, say it, fine. But here's the problem with that. If I, if we show that there are predating um, uh, accounts of creation, predating the Torah, that also show this. So then, with it makes what we're doing now to me empty. In other words, if you're going to show that the Torah was in a thousand years before the Torah, that also told about Torah about Bobo, so you. You're trying to say Torah Bohu, wow, that, that's a comparison. But there's a Torah Bohu a, a, a thousand years prior. But let's say, let's say. We don't. First of all, we don't. 
I have over here. I, I skipped it. I'm saying if we did, well, I'm saying hypothetically, if you found we have other creation stories that that's, that's my point. If you find other creation right. stories that have contact points, we can have the same conversation and say, wow, is okay, that amazing? We'll come back. You're right. The pagans who live down here before Moshe has wrote stuff that has no. contact no. points no. with the Big Bang. T please, T cat. I think yes and no can answer the question. First, just to make a point by point comparison. If it's pull, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's look at contact points. We're looking, we're not looking for. We're saying we want to find a couple of things here. But you have to analyze it carefully enough to to make sure that that we have a consistent number of contact points with no digressions. Meaning, put uh, in a second. Meaning that um, if we could first, a we don't have that. If you read, which I have, the other Sumerian and the Babylonian creation mythic epics, you don't have the same as this, number one. Number two, even if you did, even if you did, you want to analyze it, you want to see how clear the connection actually is, sort of a la Nostradamus. What's interesting about Nostradamus? What's interesting about him? That he's right? No, that he's ambiguous enough and vague enough that you could reinterpret and read it to whatever you want to read into him. Right? Same thing. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the biblical code kind of story that sometimes you have to see it very clearly and analyze very unemotionally you have this literature and you find that being is, is shocked right with letters now are you looking for that yes because it happened already but did it really predict that no so now it's a statistical question statistics means if I have let's say 30,000 letters I can read them backwards forwards up and down sideways can I find anything in that space that's the question that's raised. So if one says yes, that and this proves nothing. We agree that this proves nothing in that particular context. But that, I have a right to negate that, but I also want to study it seriously enough to see whether or not I'm going to come to that conclusion. Right? Yes? I want to study it seriously without negating it firsthand. Now, so to over here. I'm going to look at the other creation myths, see what they have, and either I'm going to say wow to them, not wow to them, and see whether or not I could derive from this over here. It might be a post-biblical rendition of this which we're talking about may have had kinds of from the Bible. Good. That would not disprove what I'm saying. If it's pre-biblical, then we want to analyze it and see are we reading into it, didash-wise, or is that really the of that of that cosmic creation myth? Is it the pshat of didash So the burden upon you would be to see whether this means or not. Let's just, one second, here. Now I'm on page 28. Just to take care. Let me try again. Yes and no is the answer. No. <laughs> I think what we're doing here. Did I answer your question before you passed on that? Yes and no. I, I think that, that, that's correct. That's correct. If it's post-biblical, it's not an issue. If it's pre-biblical, the answer would be analyze it and see. Maybe there are, maybe there are not. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not really. this spiritual intuition about how things happen using the Torah as your text to the spiritual intuition. Okay. Now then you're saying, look what science is coming up with. And the scientific theories, their intuition of how everything happens. Now let's let's look at, at the point of uh, parallel. Now, through through the Torah we're getting uh, spirituality, a hint at how things happen. Now but how, but how are you connecting really connecting really how are you connecting spirituality and science together? Because they're, they're both attempts, they're both intuitions of understanding how things happen. 
and the more uh, the more science gets into astrophysics and Big Bang and all this, the more spiritual it becomes. Okay, because, this point because the hard facts are not like the hard facts that you get when you study electromagnetism or something like that. But everything becomes a little bit more theoretical. And okay, good. Yet mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they can come up with a theory that that provides for understanding of how good. A certain physical reality, right. like this gamma ray or uh, okay, good. So radio works. signal that they okay, uh, so they work back how many billions of years to a big bang. Okay, good. So, so they're, they're both attempts at, at understanding how things are what they are. Okay, but are there contact points? You're saying yes? Are you upset by contact points as he is? Uh, I'm upset as he is in trying to read into the Good. Now, am I reading into or am I saying the pshat? The more recent um, developments of science. Am I reading into or is that the pshat? That's the question. When you read a sheet and I have over here I darkness, I think and I have darkness here, is that pshat or the not? Am I reading into or not? Well, uh, that's going along. Yeah. I don't know. Why don't you read into? I'm just giving my yeah. Why are you reading into it? I think the data sheet is. If you take the sheep literally, okay, take the sheep literally. I am taking literally. I know, I know, we're taking it literally. If you take it literally, at best what you can come up with is an intuitive... No, 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 why intuitive? No, not at all, no, no, no. Take it literally, no intuition over here. The beginning, God. That's not part of science. Create heavens and the earth. That's not the science God, okay? God got the old science. The art of the earth and nothing. It's, it's the, it's What's that? The galaxies beyond the galaxies. Okay, good. So we're talking about our Titan. Our Titan was global and darkness reigned. Now, would, it might be right to say that neutrinos, electrons, all running to each other, that's global. Does that disturb you? Why? What does global mean to you? And that implies darkness. Global Bechoshet. This is trouble. He said opa- opacity. Say the word? Opaqueness. Opaqueness. Okay, I don't know about this So he's the one that used that term. It's directly okay. opposed to my view of what, what an Avi is and what an Avi does. And what I don't know much about what it is, but it's not neutrinos. The Avi and... What Navi? But you open a sheet? Moshe was not writing about... That's true. I would agree with that. However, agree. I agree. The Moshe did not know that. But that's what I think Joe's point before is well taken. That Moshe... Which means confusion amidst a mixture. Nobody actually knows what it really means. If you look at the commentaries. But it means some kind of... And there's darkness as part of that. Was it so about the other um, more ancient texts? Uh, mythological uh, mythological uh, uh, perhaps could be. Could be. Some kind of animal. It could be. No, God animal. Could be. To home. To home is that. To home. Tiamat. 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 I'm saying. Yeah, to home. Could be. So that's all about which seems to imply some kind of mass confusion, mixture of everything going out. At purpose of that matter is portion, is darkness. That's what he says, not me, right? He said earlier, you have confusion and darkness. 
So that's a confusion and darkness. So I'm saying. Now I don't. I'm not. I find it of interest, but I'm not. I'm not anything saying more than that. So you, and I don't think that Moshe. That's whoever Moshe. Yeah, but you want to say more than that? I don't want to say more than that. Not just saying that. Well, this interesting. I'm really only saying that. Truth. I'm only saying that. It's interesting. I want to understand. Why do you find that difficult? I mean, what are you saying? You know, uh, sort of uh, connecting the two. I don't know what the what is. I have no idea. Okay. But I, I, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it's. I don't think Moshe. We're not saying that it is. I, you, I, I don't say that they're wrong. Like I have any clue about what Moshe was trying to do, communication with God, what it was like. But the one thing that I have that I'm almost sure that it was not is he didn't from the most true. Trying, and he was trying Fantastic, amazing, we can't understand it. He conceptualized some of these, and other scientists? Well, absolutely. That, that mind had to be given by God. Well, of course it is. No, it's a form of, of contact, but that's another point. You're correct, and it's true. But I'm not trying to say Moshe knew about the Big Bang. That's true, I'm trying what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. But I'm not saying that. So, I'm absolutely. But, but are you saying I'm not trying to say that. I'm not, I don't want to fly either. You are sure in that. Was it his terms? Is it Gideshi? And our terms? We're seeing the same or similar okay. uh, depiction of what happened in our scientific terms. In other words, I'm saying more than that. Imposing on our understanding of the world and our creation is, is this, and the Torah's understanding and stressing that it is opposing. Less than that, but more than that. You don't want more than that. That's simple. That's straight. That's easy. We all agree with that. No, here, what I'm trying to say, I think, is that I'm just. I'm not, maybe you're taking me to an extent that I don't want to go. You're saying that I'm saying that Moshe knew all this big bang neutrinos and electrons and photons. I'm not saying that. You're saying it's interesting that you have a mixture of confusion at the beginning of the sheet, and then you have darkness. But he's like, where are we going? Go to your house. And that's yes, like I can have to drop. But don't but don't say that. So I'm, so then and then we have light. Exactly what happens over here. So you have to just be struck by that. I don't want to say that Moshe knew that. I'm not, you're right, I'm not saying that. I'm struck by this interesting sequence of events. One minute. Here is an excerpt of the Many ancient myths depict the universe as the effect of some great cause. Of course. In the Babylon epic Inum Elish, this is, you don't have this, I need to give it back already. Existence is attributed to Congress sex between the premier primordial Asfu, the begetter, and Mumu Tiamat, she who bore them all. Does that sound like different. Although the connection to cosmic and sexual energy is both familiar and disturbing, not sex between the gods that is crucial to the myth, but the idea that the universe came into being as a result of the great cause. This idea is covered in the as well. Next one. There are words that there are words that express authentically universal concepts, one to every cult. This is what you're saying, sort of. There are page twenty nine. There are words that express an authentically universal concept. One to every culture. But while the concept of creation is common, it is also incoherent. And then he goes on to what the first century chances. So I think 
Does the Babylonian sound the same as this? No, it sounds very different. You're not going to find one as simple as this. Matt says in this book, he just showed us, and it says there will be times when science and religion converge. Right. And so that's what he's disputing. It's very simple. Are you disputing it? That they're not really converging. Correct? What? I, I don't think... He's not trying to prove anything, by the way. I, I, be aware of that. He's not that... Kind of, no, I don't not. think that religion disputes science and they're talking on different uh, planes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say... That's what, true, what, what she's talking about, I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the occasion story is talking about. To me, it's more on a spiritual plane. Um, it's not on a physical plane about the physical creation of the world. But, now, but there's, there's other concepts that are embedded there that have nothing to do with Big Bang. That's true. That's what I'm saying. Only here and there my finding points of contact. Right. Nothing is all there. In other words, when we spoke about uh, Schroeder's book, I don't see that conversion. Here and there. Genesis and the Big Bang. Shorter. Shorter. Yeah, Shorter's one. And uh, the Ezra's book. We went through those two books. And when the Ezra says that this massive flood took place 300,000 years ago, and that's Noah, oh, I didn't see that either. I'm not trying to, to pull, this, pull this over your eyes right now. No, if there are points of contact, which are interesting, I'm pointing on that, that's all. I don't think I'm interested in I'm not even going that far. And I would accept what you're saying that Bereshit is intending to express necessarily the divinity behind the physical creation. Elohim guided all this. Okay, good. Then it had mass confusion. Mass confusion mixture. Then it had darkness. Then it had light. Right? And God is the cause of all of this. Right? And that was the first stage of creation. So I found that interesting. Nothing more, nothing less than that. that. And that he would say that there was this burst, this bang, this explosion, and then there was a mass confusion of all, whatever it was, the tree notes and all that, and there was darkness, that's physical darkness, and then there was light. Okay, so I'm saying, now I'm not, I don't know that, uh, I don't think I'm reading into that, or it means light, or it followed darkness, and he says, light follows darkness. Parker was told of all, and they're both simply told of all. So that's all. I'm not saying that Moshe knew much of Jesus at all. But equally so, I would say to you, as well as you before, is that am I going to limit Bereshit to what you're saying only? Am I going to close out any possibilities that there are convergences? I would say no to that. I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck in any um, mindset that refuses to see beyond the, the corroboration. corroboration or the text itself. I don't want to be midrashized by the sheep. I have a shot or I have a shot and I believe that's what I'm doing. But I don't want to be stuck only necessarily and maybe there's other realms to be discovered in Beit sheep. Why limit oneself to only what you're seeing there? The spiritual realm. The spiritual realm. Right. I hear that. It's a big realm. It's a very big realm. In the same way that let's say I study Abraham. Yeah, I'm finished. Let's say I study Abraham. Do I want to limit myself only to the let's say to the historical Abraham? and not to a psychological motivating factor? Does psychology play a role in Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov? Is jealousy a most role? Yeah. They can all boy have a jealousy. So I'm going to study historically, I can study it psychologically, and I can study it spiritually as well, as well as ethically. All of these are different levels of explanation, and one can do one probably from year to year. A friend of mine, Rabbi Abner Weiss, one of the greatest rabbis I've met, was a chief rabbi of Sadak when I was in Sadak, but now he keeps camping or whatever. 
He just got a PhD. He's about seven years old in psychology. And he says, second PhD. He PhD in philosophy and he's in psychology. Just the last five years. He says to me, I can't believe it. So what can't you believe? He says, I can't believe now I'm looking at Tanakh with completely different eyes. What do you mean by that? Now I understand the psychological motivations of what people do and don't do in Tanakh, which he never thought of or dreamt of before. It's another tool to understand Tanakh. Less true than the spiritual? No. More true than the spiritual? No. These are different dimensions, elements, layers. So I can limit myself only to a shot reading. What's interesting, only that's my last point, is that when you study with Tanamissions, this comes out interestingly and clearly. Say the Bible person. The Bible person laughs at the philologist. Philologist, he who studies languages. Why? Because the philologist only this happens. Not from Sarah. It's not the fuck because he only studies words. Okay, the philosophy is about words. He doesn't see the narrative. Right? So I don't see the narrative. I left at Sarah. Why do I left at him? Tell me, why left at him? Sorry? No, he sees the words. He doesn't read that narrative. He doesn't see the spiritual message beyond the words, beyond the narrative. You read Understanding Genesis, it's not a spiritual track. You study it by salvation who has such an incredible ability in analyzing that will see the words and raise questions because as a Talmudist you care about words as a Jew you care about words see the narrative and then he takes that the words that are made into a narrative and he spiritualizes that into a spiritual concept or idea amazingly so so when you're doing all this at once you're studying languages with, with philosophers you're studying narratives with biblicists and you're studying the Basilevichic religion you see the whole picture. You go beyond the narrative, beyond the words. Okay, Shunpani. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to limit myself to only seeing what's there. I do respect what's there, and I am a Peshat person. But am I going to say it's only important? No, it's the same reason why I deny those who make fun of Midrash. I think that's foolish. Midrash is an extraordinarily important and wonderful dimension of Torah study. There are those who either take Midrash literally and they, they love it, but they're wrong. Those take Midrash so quickly that they deny its validity. Also foolish. Midrash is an incredible creation of the rabbis that serves a certain kind of a role in biblical interpretation. In Abed Abraham's commentary, and in the list, Midrash Na'im. Midrash serves a role of inspiring of elucidating, of enlightening, of reading between the lines, whatever one may do. You once said it was the logic of the heart. Okay, good. It goes beyond the mind. Okay, correct. So, I'm not going to underappreciate neither the power of shot, no, it's important, nor am I going to deny the validity of Dirash, which is beautiful, fantastic, as relates to the wholeness of the person. The person needs shot, should it be rooted in shot, but also should not limit himself to the Dirash, nor even to Kabbalah. Kabbalah goes way beyond all that we're ever going to do in life. That's true. But should I not take a crack at it here and there? I'm not going to become a PhD in uh, Kabbalah. But am I going to deny it completely? No. I'm going to read it, take what's appropriate, get insight, spend my time enjoying, enjoying it, and then that's it. But I'm not going to become a Kabbalist. So the same thing over here. Interesting? That's what the yes and no answer. Interesting? Yes. I see convergences. Hmm. Okay. Does it mean I'm going to put all my eggs in that basket? No. So I'm agreeing and disagreeing with you. You're not looking for confirmation. I'm not looking for confirmation, no. Mm-hmm. No, no, not at all. No, I don't need that, I'm looking for that. But if there's something that's interesting, I'll say, that's interesting and leave it at that.
Yes? Okay, thank you. Sorry to keep you so long. We will continue next week. Uh, two weeks. Three weeks. What do you mean three weeks? What? Be in Israel. Uh,